Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Chicago, Illinois, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, bucks13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. This program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net. You can also become a monthly Patreon supporter at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, a note on our location, uh, I'm headed out on a vacation to visit my wife's family, and uh, one of the uh, layover airports was Chicago, and as it happened that it was time to record Nightbeat, I decided to do it here in Chicago, just because when am I going to get a chance to do that again? I can't not offer many impressions of the city since I've just seen the airport, and pretty much all the airport tells you is how much they'll spend on the airport. We found a phone center to record in, not many people using it, and no one can really complain about me talking. So with that said, here's a special Chicago edition of Nightbeat, the original air date, October the 20th of 1950, and this is Judge Arnold's Daughter. Night. Hi, this is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. Stories start in many different ways. This one began with a brawl in an alley and ended up with a murder that just missed. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Day side, a reporter more or less walks in the sun. He talks to people in banks, offices, on street corners, doctors, druggers, housewives, salesmen, ball players. He gets a good look at their faces, and they get a good look at him. But night side is different. Stories are different. Personnel different. Pugs, gangsters, singers, police, yeah, and lovers. Nobody hardly ever gets a real good look at anybody's face. Maybe it's better that way. Sometimes you see things in eyes that you don't want to see and feel things in looks that you don't want to feel. But I'm an after-hours boy, and that's what makes my copy. Like last Tuesday night, I was strolling down Rush Street, wondering if I'd be able to find a story somewhere in one of those sleazy gambling houses or bars or clip joints. I found one, not in any one of those places, but in an alley in the shadow of a cheap two-story apartment house. There were two men struggling. One was giving the other the full treatment. I figured two rummies having it out over the last drink in the bottle or a tap on the head robbery. Hey, what's going on there? When they saw me coming, the tall one ran off in the opposite direction. I went over to help the other one slump down in the alley. All right, now take it easy, old timer. You're all right. Thank you, sir. Thank you most kindly. I'm afraid I... I got the worst of that. I'm afraid you did. You'll need a little first aid. Yes, I... All right, look, you stay right here. I'll phone the police no, and then... No, please, please. I, I, I'd rather you wouldn't. This is a private matter, and I, I don't want the police notified. Now, if you'll just give me a little assistance, I'll, I'll thank you for your concern and, and be on my way. 
Oh. What? Well, wherever you're going, mister, you aren't going to be able to get there without help. Maybe I'd better go with you. That would be most kind of you, sir. I'll put your arm over my shoulder. Ah. Oh. Yes, yes, I, I'm indebted to you. I shall see that you are repaid for your efforts on my behalf. Yeah, I know, sure. Sure you will. You'll remember me in your will. Easy now. Your, your name, sir? Stone, Randy Stone. I'm happy to meet you, Mr. Stone. My name is Noah Arnold. Arnold? Seems to me I should know that name. Well, per- perhaps you do. Wait a minute. You see, I'm Judge Noah Arnold. Chicago District Court. And he was. As soon as we got out in the streetlight, I looked him over. I recognized him from pictures I'd seen many times in my own paper. And I'd thought he was some old bum in an alley ball who didn't want me to call the police because he was afraid he was liable to get himself booked for vagrancy. After all, how often are you going to find a full-fledged judge getting mauled by a hoodlum in an alley? Well, I hailed a cab, took him over to his place on Riverside. We broke out the iodine and gauze compresses and patched him up, and then we broke out some rye. Here you are. Thank you. Ah, That's much better. Well, Judge, I guess you live now. Thank you kindly, sir. I suppose I owe you an explanation of what I was doing on Rush Street, Mr. Stone. You don't owe me anything, Judge. I think I should tell you that after the name Stone come two more words, Chicago Star. You, you're a newspaper reporter? Yes, I'm one of those. Hmm. When a man in your position takes a beating in a Rush Street alley and doesn't yell coppers, somebody's liable to think it has the makings of a good newspaper story. So if you're trying to keep something to yourself, Judge, I'd better run along and get my ears out of here. Wait, wait, Mr. Stone, wait. I, I, you're, you're the man I can talk to, I'm sure. And I, I, I must talk to someone. Well, I'd be glad to listen, Judge. Thank you. This whole affair concerns my daughter, Linda. She, she lives in the Falco Arms. On Rush Street? Yes, it doesn't seem plausible, does it? Well, not exactly, Judge. The Falco Arms isn't what you'd call a little bit of heaven. Oh, to say the least... Mr. Stone, in the last year, Linda's been become interested in the, the psychological aspects of crime. And she felt that she must reside in an atmosphere uh, such as Rush Street affords. And, and study firsthand the operations and the lives of some of the criminal elements known to reside there. Uh-huh. Well, that's certainly the place to write an encyclopedia on the subject. We quarreled when she disclosed her intentions, but Linda's a headstrong girl and she, she moved out of this apartment. And you went down there tonight... To try and persuade her to return home. Mm-hmm. Mr. Stone, I've, I've practiced law and I've sat on the bench some 35 years. I'm supposed to know what is right and what is wrong. I even sentence people to punishment according to my convictions. But in my own daughter's case, I, I'm afraid to pass judgment. Afraid to say what I think. What do you think, Judge? That... Uh, that my daughter is not just objectively interested in crime, but instead that she's had a, a taste of the gutter, and she likes it. He seemed very old and very tired and very sad, and I wanted to get out of there and not listen to him anymore. He took me to the door, shook my hand weakly, and I was out of the night again. But I couldn't stop thinking about the way the judge had looked at me with helplessness in his eyes, and I couldn't forget the picture I'd seen on his desk. So I dropped by the Falco Arms apartment house on Rush Street to have a look at Linda Arnold. It's a pretty drab place with a pretty colorful landlady. No, she ain't here. 
She ain't been in here all afternoon and all evening. Everybody around here thinks I run a regular secretarial service. What do you think I do? Keep my eye on everybody every minute they come in and out of the door? I gotta eat and sleep and drink. And good night. I didn't do much good there, so I dropped downstairs at the Falco bar and found myself asking a question of my old friend Al the Mixer. One bear, two bets. Uh, Al, ever heard of a girl named Linda Arnold? Linda Arnold? No. She lives upstairs in the Falco Arms. I thought she might drop in here occasionally. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, I saw her picture tonight. She had blonde hair, blue eyes, 23... Or four, maybe? Yeah. No. Oh, Al. Now, uh, try me another question. Another question like what? Like, does this doll you're asking about travel around with a guy named Rocco Daly? Well, does she? Maybe. Sounds like the dame I see him with. Who's Rocco Daly? A hood with a look, Randy. Slow and sweet when it does the most good. Fast and hard when that does the most good. You know him well? No, no. Just to look at. Uh-huh. Now, the girl, no. she's swift and soft and listens to him like he was somebody. But she doesn't belong with him, not his kind. I'd like to meet Rocco Daly. I'd like to meet this girl of his. Oh, that's nice. I'll introduce you. Hmm? That's them that just walked in. Over there in the corner having a schlong. Thanks, thanks. I'll introduce myself, Al. I remember what I said about him, Randy. Hello, Rocco. How's tricks? I don't know you, Mr. Beat. Yeah, I don't know you either, but I'd like to. Oh, suppose you tell me why. I'd like to say hello to this pretty girl. Go on, beat it. I'll say hello anyway. Hello, Linda. How are you? Who are you? Do you know this guy, Linda? No, Rocco. I never saw him before in my life. You're telling me the truth, baby? Why, sure. Sure, she's telling me the truth, Rocco. She never saw me in her life, same as you. You never saw me either. My name is Randy Stone. I'm a reporter. Well, blow off. Get lost, scram, drift before I run you through a typewriter full of knuckles. I got friends around here, too, Rocco. The bartender, the owner, those three fellows over at that booth. Go on, you bother me. Linda... I'm a friend of your father's. I came here to see you, but it doesn't look like we can do much talking with Junior here around. What about my father? Go on, beat it, Stone. You see, we really can't do much talking with him around. We really should talk, but I'll see you. It worked. He started to get up and follow me, but he pulled her back in the booth with him. I stepped outside and waited. A couple of minutes later, she came out alone. Mr. Stone, I only have a minute. Please, tell me why you've been looking for me. As I said, Linda, I'm a friend of the judge. My father. Uh-huh. Mr. Stone, tell him I'm not in any difficulty. Tell him I know exactly what I'm doing and that I think it'll be invaluable when I'm practicing law. You sure you aren't going a little too far? Did my father pose that question? No, no, I did. He doesn't even know, Rocco. Your father was beaten up in an alley tonight when he came down looking for you. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Was he hurt badly? Well, not too much. Lucky for him, I came along in time. The brave man beating him up ran when I yelled at him. The criminal element, you know. He shouldn't have come down here. He doesn't know about these things. And you do, huh? Look, don't you think you ought to go home right now, sort of straighten it all out? Yes, and I will, Mr. Stone. But I can't. Not now, not tonight. Why? I've got something terribly important to do. I, I, I simply can't tonight, but first thing in the morning. Well, then, thanks for that much. Oh, Linda. Yes? Be careful of Rocco. I've seen his kind. Don't worry, Mr. Stone. I can take care of myself. Four years of college, two years of law school, good clothes and nice friends don't exactly equip you to handle the Rocco dailies on this earth. But then who was I to jump in and tell her what I knew about Rocco? 
About that time, it dawned on me I didn't know anything about him, so I put in a call to find out. The paper called me back ten minutes later. Got the dope for you, Randy. Shoot. Daly, Rocco Daly, age 29, 14 arrests, two convictions, both for burglary. First sentence by Judge Connors, second sentence, Judge Arnold. What was that last name? I said the last time he was sent up, it was Judge Noah Arnold, did it? Suddenly, Linda Arnold's association with Rocco Daly took on all sorts of horrible new aspects. You can find them in the dictionary, all under revenge. I didn't like the setup one bit. I grabbed a cab and headed for her place. She was in this time. Her door was standing wide open. She was sitting on the edge of the sofa in the half-dark, staring out at nothing. There was a little ring of white around her lips. A nickel-plated thirty-eight was sitting in her lap. Oh. Oh, Mr. Stone. I came here to wait just as Rocco told me. Yeah, that's right, uh, Linda. Uh, where'd you get the gun? Oh, this? Rocco gave it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's been fired. Yes. I think that's quite right. That's exactly right, Mr. Stone. It's been fired six times. Yeah, at who? Where? What's been going on? I, I, I'd imagine that... That... that my mouth doesn't seem to work right. But it doesn't take very long at all. Linda, what are you talking about? They say, they say that you die in an electric chair very fast. I won't mind at all. I won't mind. Now, you listen to me. What is it? What have you done? What are you trying to say? It won't take any time at all. I won't mind it. Are you trying to tell me that you killed somebody tonight? And... They go off so quickly, so quickly. They're empty all of a sudden. And then you, you see a man crumple and fall. And you see his blood on the floor and... I'm dead. I wanted to know about crime. Now I know all about it. Just don't tell me. Am I a good killer? Am I? Am I? NBC is bringing you Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. If the chimes shudder a little on Sunday afternoon, well, they know the mystery and peril in store with men of action like Mike Waring, better known as the Falcon. After the Falcon, it's the widely acclaimed dramatic series High Adventure. Then the big guy steps in. And when you hear the big guy telling chilling bedtime stories to his children, they're not make-believe. The new private eye, Charlie Wilde, concludes with a few casual and somewhat deadly homicides. The chimes mean mystery and action this Sunday afternoon on most NBC stations. And now back to Nightbeat and Randy Stone. Linda Arnold was too broken up to say anything logical at the moment, so I flagged a cab, put her in it, and told the driver to head for my place. On the way, she said not a word. When we got to my place, I thought the thing to do first was to pour a couple of drinks into her before I started asking questions, and that's just what I did. She was better, but she still had a lost look in her eyes. Stop staring at me. What do you want me to say? Well, anything that'll make sense, I want to help you. I'm sorry, I dropped the glass. That's all right. If I'm going to help you, I have to know more than I do. I... I can't tell it. We'll try. (laughs) It'll ruin him. Daughter, a 
common murder. Linda, the more you cry, the more time we're wasting. Come on, please snap out of it. Oh, it's just that I'm so mixed up. I... All right, I'll try. Good. Rocco Daly said he was going to pull a burglary. I tried to talk him out of it. I even offered him money if he needed it. But he just laughed. Right, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Start back further. How'd you ever get tied up with Rocco Daly? Well, my father made arrangements so our college class could visit some prisons. We visited Joliet one afternoon. I started talking with one of the prisoners. It was Rocco Daly. I won't bite you. I'm not scared. Of course, they got these bars here for a good reason. I'm a dangerous member of society. I might kill and steal and burn and uh, do all kinds of nasty things if they let me as much as put one leg outside on the streets. Well, you did do something to get in here, didn't you? Oh, sure. Sure, I was the West End Terror. Hey, get your pencil and your notebook out and I'll tell you all about it. Let's see now. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Uh, one my old man stole, of course. I went to the best schools, met the best people, played polo, went yachting, all that stuff. One day, my old man lost everything in the stock market, and I couldn't stand it. Here he was, down to his last dollar cigar. And my poor old lady with only one jar of caviar left in the icebox. It was enough to drive any sensitive young man like me to a life of crime. Now get out of here, you society thrill seek, and leave me alone before I pull these bars apart and teach you something. If you wouldn't mind, would you tell me calmly and politely what you did and how you got here? Calmly and politely. All right, you blue-nosed busybody, I'll tell you. I was born on a bed you wouldn't be found dead in. I grew up without enough to eat or enough soap to wash with, so I learned to take little things I needed here and there wherever I could find them. And the bigger I got, the bigger things I took. And one day they caught me. But I didn't care because I had 22 good years when they didn't catch me. Now put that in your notebook. I'm sorry. Sorry? You're about as sorry as the guy who pinched me. All you're looking for is a good story to bring back to your society, sisters. Mr. Daly, you've just been wrong. I'm sincerely interested in criminal problems. You see, my father is a judge. Oh, now, lady, don't I know it? Your father's the man who put me in here. Two to five years. I didn't know. <laughs> you talk about finding out about crime. Well, you'll never learn anything about it in that gold-plated mansion on Riverside. You got to get down with the people where the pinch is on and find out firsthand. I'd like to. How can I do it? Well, it's easy. I'll be out of here in four months, August 1st. And I'll show you enough about crime to fill 50 notebooks like that one. All right, Mr. Daly. I'll meet you at the prison gate, August 1st. And you actually met him? Yes. He said I had to live his kind of life to really know what I was trying to find out. Fine, fine. So you end up in a murder. I know. I knew it was the wrong thing to do. I, I didn't belong there. <laughs> I wish I were dead. No, 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 no. Don't start that again. Now you've got to tell me about tonight, exactly what happened, and try to remember everything. Well, he said he was going to knock over a safe in the warehouse. Which one? The Elliott Transfer Company on Douglas Street. Is that where you shot the man? Yes. He gave me a gun. I was afraid to carry it, but he said it was the only way I could actually get the feeling a criminal has on a job. <laughs> 
And you actually let him talk you into this? Something as dangerous as... I know it sounds stupid now, but I, I had to see what it was like. We went in the place. The watchman showed up at the wrong time. Pulled a gun and jumped on Rocco. Rocco lost his gun and yelled, Shoot, shoot, Lyndon. Before I knew what I was doing, I did shoot. The watchman screamed and... There was blood. Steady now, take it easy, Lyndon. Rocco examined him. The watchman was dead. What you need is a sedative. I didn't have any sleeping tablets, but in the stone household, hot lemonade laced with a little rye always did the trick. So I watched her until it took effect. Gradually, she stopped crying and her eyelids slid shut. I went into the living room, closed the door to the bedroom, and called Sergeant Kalski at police headquarters. What's on your mind, Randy? Uh, look, Kalski, you got a homicide report from somewhere down on Douglas Street, the Elliott Transfer Company? No, no, Randy, we haven't had a homicide report from anywhere tonight. Well, I just got a tip. The watchman was shot there in a, an attempted safe job. Well, never mind. Take it for what it's worth. Oh, get right on it. Thanks, Randy. Oh, don't thank me. Right then, there was just one thing I wanted to do, find Rocco Daly. If he hadn't already gone into hiding, I thought I had enough friends around Rush Street to help me ferret him out. One hour and two $5 bills later, I finally picked up a tip that he'd gone into the Red Eagle, a combination pool room and bar. I knew the man who ran it, Biceps Bill Candless, accurately named. Ah. Uh. Hello, Randy. Hello, Bill. Uh, seen a guy named Rocco Daly around? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. What? A friend of mine just saw him come in here. I'm a friend of yours, ain't I? You see him anywhere around in the bar? Well, what about the back room? I tell you, I ain't seen him. Mind if I take a look myself? Yeah. Well, I think I'll take a look anyway. Randy, I'm not used to being called a liar, even by you. I might get so mad as to wrap you over the head with this pool cue. Bill, I don't get the pitch. Look, maybe we're friends. But I make my living down here. I got to get along with an awful lot of people. You don't bring me no business. They do. You can look around the hall all you want. But stay out of the back. You're invading my private rights as a citizen. I was more moved by the thickness of his bicep and the size of the pool cue in his hand than by the snatch of civil liberties he threw at me. So I rented a table, played a quiet little game of three-cushion, keeping my eyes open all the while. It was time well spent. Fifteen minutes later, I was surprised to see a man in a battered hat and a brown trench coat hurry out of the back room. I caught up with him just outside. He might have been a great judge, but he was no actor. Oh, Stone. I knew I made a grievous mistake talking to you earlier tonight. You're just following me looking for a juicy tabloid story. Judge, I wasn't following you. I ran into you by accident. Well, then leave me alone and go on your way. What were you doing in the back room of the Red Eagle? That young man is my business. Good day. No, it isn't. It's liable to become anybody's business. Will you let go of my arm before I call a policeman? Judge, you're in no position to call a policeman. What do you mean by that? What were you and Rocco Daly talking about in the back room? I... I never heard of a man called Rocco Daly, and I, I see no reason to answer you. All right, play it stuffy all the way down the line. But I know something you don't, and you're going to have to come clean with me to find it out. What do you know? I know where your daughter is. Let's, uh, let's go someplace. Private. We did. We went to his house. He was as nervous as a burglar all the way. As soon as we arrived there, he drank a glass of straight scotch, started to cry, and then pulled himself together long enough for me to get something out of him. He, he said my daughter killed a man tonight. I, I just... 
I just couldn't believe it. He said he could hush the whole thing up for, for $25,000 he'd get out of town. Well, Judge, I'm sorry to say you walked right in one of the best shakedown rackets in the world. I'm surprised at you. Get a rich girl in a killing, make her buy her way out. That's the formula. You should know better. Well, what am I going to do? My reputation, my position, my, my career will all be destroyed. I think you better worry first about your daughter. Yes, I'll, I'll have to hide her somewhere. She's safe where she is. Now, Judge, look at it this way. If there was a murder and Rocco Daly was involved, he wouldn't dare go to the police. He knows what he'd get. Don't have to worry about him turning your daughter in because he goes with her. Judge, if I were you, I'd forget the blackmail. Your job's to worry about your daughter. How can you get her out from under a murder? Who are you phoning? The police. Now, no, just a minute. I, I won't... Hold on, it. hold on. I'm not going to tell them a thing. I'm just looking for information. Police headquarters. Sergeant Kalski, please. Just a moment. Sergeant Kalski. Randy Stone, Sarge. Hey, I've been waiting for you to call. Something's really screwy. You mean a warehouse shooting? Yeah, something happened there, all right, but I don't think it's exactly what you heard it was. Well, what happened? I can't figure it out. There was some shooting, but the bullets were blanks. Yeah. We found the paper warning all over the place. The blood. Well, what about it? Well, it was all over the place, too, but it wasn't human blood. It came from an animal. Oh, well, I'll be a... well, What do you make of it, Randy? What was going on there? I haven't the slightest idea, Kalski. Not the slightest. You figure it out. Goodbye. <laughs> I would have explained the whole thing to Kalski right then, but it seemed to me the judge rated first copy. When I gave him the good news, I thought he was going to collapse from relief. Then I left for my apartment to get Linda. I don't believe you. I, I don't believe you. It's, it's some psychological trick you're trying to pull on me. It's the truth. The whole thing was staged. It was phony bullets, phony blood, and a couple of phony guys who flim-flammed. Stop it. I'm an adult. I was there. I know what I did. Linda, I'll take you to the police, to the scene of the crime. Prove it if necessary. I want to believe it, but I, I can't. I, I saw it. Yeah, well, look, smarter dames than you have been taken in by dumber guys than Rocco Daly. <laughs> That's right, honey. Rocco. The guy's got it right down the line. Haven't you, nosy? Put the gun down, it might go off. Oh, shut up. Rocco, did I kill that man or didn't I? I said your boyfriend here was right, didn't I? You got to be beat over the head before you understand? You know, for a girl with a college education, you got a brain like a jerk. You were serious about anything. You were just making a fool out of me all the time. You were making a fool out of yourself. I told you the first day I met you. You were just buying a ticket to the circus. Why don't you put that gun down, Rocco? Shut up, you! But now, honey, you're going to do something for me. What? You're going to see that I get out of the state. Safe. I won't help you again if I never help anybody. Think twice, honey. Think twice. Call up the judge. Tell him to send a car and a little money down here. And tell them it's for you, that you want to go on a vacation. No, I won't. Do it. Do it or so help me, I'll pull a bullet right through you. Let me tell you something, Rocco Daly. I learned a lot down here with you and your kind. Guns, brass knuckles, blackjacks. You never use them unless the advantage is three to one in your favor. Deep down inside of you, you're afraid, insecure. You can't look an honest person in the face. I believe you call it yellow. Are you listening, Rocco? Now, stay away from me. Stay away from me, both of you. Or so help me, I'll shoot. You wouldn't shoot anybody. Now, give me that gun. Now, get back. Get back, you crazy dame. Get back. Give it to me. You're asking for it? Watch it, Linda. I'll show you what honest courage looks like. Now, don't make me do it. 
Don't! Give it to me! Get your hands up! I saw his trigger finger tightening, and then I jumped. I knocked his arm down, and the bullet plowed into the floor. Then I grabbed his wrist. He shot twice more, but they only hit the walls. I was too busy to notice what Linda Arnold was doing until Rocco Daly suddenly slumped in my arms and fell to the floor. She was standing over him with a Coke bottle in one hand. Do you think I... Do you think I killed him? No, no, no. He's just out for the count. I'll call the police. No, no, no. Let me do it. Since I started, I guess it's up to me to end it. Well, that about does it. It's all your show, baby. Yes, Randy. I think the lesson's over. I've learned all I want to know about crime. Well, it's early morning now, and I hope the right people are all back in the right pigeonholes, and Linda's had her look-see at the other side of the tracks. You know, I hold no brief against looking in on your neighbor once in a while to see what he's doing. How can I? I make my living that way. But there's a right way to do it and a wrong way. The right way, you make a friend. The wrong way, you get punched in the nose. So, if you decide to poke into somebody else's life, make sure you know what you're after. Because it's easy to misjudge your neighbor. Particularly since it's an even money bet you don't even understand yourself. Copy, boy. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis. Tonight's story was written by E. Jack Newman and John Michael Hayes, with music by Frank Worth. The part of Noah Arnold was played by Herb Rollinson. Linda was Jane Webb. Others in tonight's cast were Peter Leeds, Lou Krugman, Jay Novello, and Bill Justine. Frank Lovejoy may currently be seen in Milton Sperling's production, Three Secrets, released by Warner Brothers. Listen next week at this time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. Nightbeat came to you from Hollywood. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. The chimes ring for Dennis Day and Judy Canova tomorrow night on NBC. Dennis gets himself into more merry and mischievous mix-ups, but manages to extricate himself in time to sing in his beautiful tenor voice. And speaking of singing, Judy Canova prepares to go operatic tomorrow because her special guest on the Judy Canova show is Ezio Pinza. Chester William Bendix Riley speaking. Now hear Counterspy on NBC. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a man's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Well, uh, definitely a fairly common scam. The judge falls for probably less bec uh, because he's uh, foolish and more because he just doesn't deal with that side of the underworld. I wasn't quite sure the what, how well the uh, cut flashback to the prison worked or if it was necessary, but I do like the episode's portrayal of Randy, which really brings home the idea of him as this 
straight, smart, well-connected guardian angel. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, that episode. We turn now to listener comments and feedback, and we have one from Zant. He writes, Just wanted to say I would love a sci-fi series. I started to listen to the war series, but stopped because it was too depressing. Well, thanks so much for the comment, Zant. I do appreciate it. And, of course, uh, people have different preferences about what type of shows that they like. I will say regarding the war, for those who might be interested in listening to it or might have encountered the same thing as Zan. With that series, even though we're dealing with news, comedy, drama, etc., we're still uh, telling a narrative. And it begins with uh, people who are shocked from the last war and want to avoid one at any cost, even as the world plunges into madness, and then how they eventually come in, come together, unite as a people, defeat the forces of evil, and behave uh, very nobly in victory. And I think overall, and particularly for me as I was listening to it, all these programs, it really, to me, was very inspirational. But there are some dark uh, chapters in there, I think, as part of that narrative. So, The War might be a series to give a few episodes, and also, if you think it's getting too dark, you can skip to something that sounds a little bit, little bit less depressing. But again, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but if you are curious, you can check it out at thewar.greatdetectives.net. All right, well, that will do it for now. Join us back here tomorrow for That Hammer Guy. Next Monday, another episode of Nightbeat. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.